Welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the D&D 5e actual play podcast that bakes its cookies until they're extra crispy. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined, as always, by my overbaked friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel here. He'll eat anything in front of him, even if it's burnt to a crisp. Yep, that's true. And I proved it earlier by promptly burning some fries in the air fryer and then proceeding to drown all of them in barbecue sauce. In fact, some things I prefer burnt. Fire-roasted marshmallows, anyone? No. Oh, no, thanks. I'll, I'll pass. Um, well, Janelle's here, too, and she has a little more refinement than Daniel. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, I don't prefer my food burnt, even though when it gets burnt 99% of the time, that is my fault. One of us can cook in this relationship, and it is not me. <laughs> so <laughs> I can make cookies, though, without burning them. That is my one. I am good at cookies. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Oh, I witnessed the last time you tried to cook, and it was it was not fun. <laughs> I've never seen someone try to break apart frozen meat by hitting it with a wooden spoon. Okay, if we're going to go down this rabbit hole. So she had the spoon in, like, <laughs> cold, like, death grip like like the same grip you would use to like kill a person from behind is how she approached that i was specifically handed the spoon and told this is frozen you should hit it to break it apart and that is exactly what i tried to do and then was promptly told no had the spoon taken away from me and then didn't have to cook anymore so i will say it was very funny to witness (laughs) Yeah, well, it was something. (laughs) I also did that in college with frozen corn and then also had the same reaction. So, (laughs) so sorry. Janelle does not do well with frozen food. Take note. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, alrighty, moving on from that, we have Nate here. And, you know, as we expect, he tends to like his cookies without any sugar in them. Sugar's disgusting and so are people that like it. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, you and me are going to have some conversations. I feel like every time I talk to you, Nate, I need to start feeling more insulted about the things you tell me. Just don't bring up sugar. It's all over now. I can hear Nate screaming in rage (laughs) from a thousand miles away. (laughs) Yep. There's the thousand yard stare and then there's a thousand mile scream. And Nate can do both. (laughs) Well, anyway, Joel's here. I've never seen him eat a cookie like ever but i think i think if he did he'd probably be an oreos guy i think he'd eat, eat an oreo not yeah. that we're sponsored by oreo at all i love oreos in fact um <laughs> oh no josh would be done in fact what i do with oreos is i take them apart right you know where i'm going with this right i know i know oh, where you're going God. with this yeah. i scrape off the cream mm-hmm. and i replace it with toothpaste <laughs> yep and then i put them together and i eat it and that way I don't have to brush my teeth. Yep, <laughs> typical Joel move. It's efficient. I, I hate this. Yes, I also hate this. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you dip it in milk or do you dip it in mouthwash? Uh, yeah, mouthwash. How'd you know? I, mean, I, just, I just figured it's extra fresh. Yeah, exactly. So like it just kind of uh, just makes your breath smell amazing. Yeah, like if you use, Col- if you use Colgate mouthwash. Oh, no. Spearmint freshening flavor your smile will always be brilliant even with flex of oreo in yeah. it 
<laughs> Nine out of ten dentists recommend putting Colgate <laughs> advanced uh, no, whitening toothpaste no, in no. your Oreos. No. <laughs> <laughs> no one do this. It sounds gross. And also, why? What do you mean? It sounds We're trying awful. to get that sponsorship, AJ. I don't care. I'm, I'm against it. <laughs> you are not supposed to eat toothpaste not adult toothpaste well this is coming from someone associated with big pharma so i'm not going to believe any of it exactly (laughs) it's a suppository that's how you're supposed to use it no absolutely not no no that's why they call it toothpaste right (laughs) yeah it's got to go in the tube no well i hear aj complaining over there gotta say aj for someone who speaks so much all i gotta say is you have a refined taste in burnt cookies because that's all you can make (laughs) <laughs> what do you got to say about that? I think that's too optimistic. I can't speak. Give me a second. Man, AJ's been eating too many burnt cookies. Look at no, it. drying out his mouth. No, I think you me meant to say it. optometrist. No, let me say it. I'm trying to say optimistic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got tongue tied. I'm sorry. No, I. Those burnt I, cookies you're eating? I think saying that that's all I can make is being optimistic because I I can't make cookies at all, really. I, I don't even think they can be called cookies by the time they get done. Hockey pucks? Maybe. Cookies? I don't know. Yeah, I think every time I've hung out with you, we've always just ordered food. That's because I never want to cook anything for anybody, let alone myself. No, that's fair. I mean, not everyone's into it. Also, if you make one mistake in front of them, they will never let you live it down. Exactly. <laughs> So I got banned from the kitchen with my other roommates. It's a good time. And you just don't have to cook. That's true. Well, speaking of our relative cooking skills and our abilities to either make delicious things or make disgusting things, how are you guys all doing this week? Has anyone been cooking? Anyone not been cooking? How have things been going? I I really did burn french fries in the air fryer earlier. (laughs) I'm not too surprised. Actually, no, I'm going to take that back. I am surprised. I was trying to be mean there, but you know what? Daniel, you are actually an amazing cook. Almost as good as well. me. I, I'm flattered by that comment, although it's it's been a bit since I've made, I've truly cooked something from like, not like a pre-made frozen. <laughs> like, do you remember deal? that one time we made that American stir fry when we were back in college? <laughs> yes like wasn't yes didn't we include pizza rolls in that we <laughs> we included pizza i completely forgot about that but yes listen <laughs> our home this is a true story we tried to make american stir fry which included actual pizza rolls in the stir fry God, what else was in that? I don't even remember. I just remember you made legitimate stir fry for us and it was delicious. So I was like, Daniel, what if we made something more American? And did we forget? Did we use barbecue sauce? I think we did. I will say I've also made Americanized fried rice, which was just fried rice with uh, I fried some potato bits and then I added uh, spicy ketchup. (laughs) Nothing says America like spicy ketchup and (laughs) potatoes. Yeah, don't doubt spicy ketchup. No people judge people who use ketchup in their cooking, but I'm telling you, it's just as good as adding tomato paste and vinegar. I guess, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Next on our cooking podcast. I was going to say, I guess that's enough talking about food. You guys want to know what I'm cooking up? 
I'm cooking up an episode of D&D, an episode of Applied Dungeoneering, uh, an episode of the best Dungeons and Dragons podcast run by engineers and a pharmacist and whatever AJ is that's ever been around ever. Whoa, man. To prepare for all this cooking, Josh, you better butter me up. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> You better butter me up because I'm churning for adventure. I hate this. And I hate that it's probably going to catch on. And I just hate it. Hate, hate it. Alrighty. So before we lather Daniel in butter and jump down the lubricated slide into our adventure, I'm going to give us a quick recap and then we will jump and slide back into the action. So last week was pretty straightforward after Aegon had wandered into the forest and attracted the attention of this strange monster with spotlight-like eyes and massive scythes in its hands. You guys just kind of spent the whole episode dodging and making attacks where you could until you finally took the two monsters down. And so after that relatively simplistic explanation i think we will jump back into our episode you guys have since finished up the rest of your rest since you were interrupted in the night you're able to get the rest of your sleep but you have to rest until probably about 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock to fully regain all of your faculties and yeah we'll just jump right back into that the sun has come up. You guys are sitting back and trying to recover yourselves, you know, dress your wounds, take care of Aegon. So what, what, do you, what do you guys do? You guys are getting close to the end of your journey. Well, Gutter feels great because he only took two fire damage that entire time. Yeah, so Gunnar feels pretty good. Yeah, since he only took the two damage, he's just kind of stretching laying around, walking over to Aegon, asking him how he's doing. Are you doing okay, Aegon? How, how, how are your wounds healing? Oh, yes, Gunnar, thank you. I'm pretty sore still. I'd just like to rest in the cart if, if that's okay. Oh, of course, that's fine. If, if you need any more healing words, I'd be happy to help. Oh... I mean, I, I'm not one to complain too often, Gunner, but there was something off about that healing you gave me last night. <laughs> I don't... Oh? It was... I just woke up and, and I could only taste cheese. <laughs> and it's it's still there. Gunner smirks and he puts his arm around Aegon. Well, it's not easy being cheesy, let me tell you. <laughs> Oh my god. Um. <laughs> and Gunner proceeds to talk to Aegon for several minutes about cheese. Which Gunner has recently become an expert of, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I think Fergus is spending his time looking at one of the bodies. Well, not one of the bodies, the one intact body of the things that attacked you guys last night. Uh, is anybody joining him in that endeavor? Does Jasper have an interest in that as well, Nate? Or... Nope, he has no interest. Really? Nope, doesn't see the point. He wants to think about the jelly puss more. <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay, I'm, I mean, all right. So Fergus and uh, Vez are investigating this uh, body. 
and Fergus is kind of like ripping the kind of chitinous body armor off of it. And he's like, you know, Vez, this is really weird. I thought, I thought Jasper would have had more of an interest in this. You know, I would have thought so too. I think something is probably bugging him, honestly. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what it is. I do think you should probably go talk to him and figure it out. I think out of all of us, he probably likes you the best, so. Well, I guess so, but I, I, I want to focus on this. Like, Vez, look at this. And he uh, pulls back another one of the plates with like a weird squelching sound. Oh. And he says, I know this thing is gross, but look at this. It's entirely synthetic. This is a construct, Vez. Yes, we've been running into a lot of those lately. What do you think it's made out of? Um, well, it's definitely metal for this chitin, but like inside it's, I don't know, it's not organic, but it's gross and wet. And like I can't find any like central like magical core on it. Like it's it's like you told me about those storm clouds. Like there's no way they should be able to run. And yet this thing does. And so you can see the ether reserves. And he points to the kind of the bluish fluid leaking out of it. Hmm. Like, I think this, this is what gives it power, but it didn't really use any of it. I think you should take good notes and then take those notes and go discuss with your buddy who understands most of the things you're talking about. I guess so. She doesn't understand really what Fergus is saying. A lot of the technical <laughs> jargon is 100% lost upon her. She's trying, I guess, give the illusion that she knows more of what's going on than she honestly does. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he just rambles on and on as he's pulling parts uh, parts away and investigating these things. I think you should take good notes. And he punctuates it with uh, the occasional, wow, or Vez, look at this. She realizes that she's what she's gotten herself into and she has never felt more like a parent in her life. Oh yeah, that's really cool. Oh, now that's a that's a shiny part there. Uh, <laughs> and just kind of gives him these offhand comments whenever he shows her something that he finds interesting. Yeah, like like a parent whose kid has developed way past what the parent can understand. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go over here now. You continue to take good notes. We'll need oh, those. Oh, 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 okay, cool. Um, you're and you're really good at that. I noticed since you were like a, a student and all of that. So, um, with school, I'm gonna go over he- here and check on everybody else. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> she goes to Theo. I have literally and like sits down. I have literally no idea what half of the words that were just coming out of his mouth meant. Jasper, you need to go over there and talk to him because you're the only one who understands. Theo looks up and, and just kind of nods his head. He's like, yeah, I don't I don't get it most time either. And he's sitting in the uh, with the wagon just for a few more minutes until we get going because he's just holding on to 2-0, just trying to brush his hair and try to you know try to keep any of the residual wounds clean and, and try to just heal him heal him up as best he can. He feels really bad about the fight and. He did not do do very well. He might have mentioned something during the night as I got back, like mumbling to himself, "I like I should have been better. I I should have done this or that." You might have overheard the him talking to Tuo. So he's he's just petting his boy, trying to feed him and, and hang on to him. Theo, are you are you going to be okay? I I thought I was getting this under control. I 
I just I woke up and I just I I, I saw him I was in trouble and I I ran in but I didn't think about Tuo and and he went down and I I was so scared I was gonna lose him I I don't understand Vez you said you you get angry sometimes I don't understand how you keep a cool head I this is just so hard. I don't most of the time, as you have unfortunately witnessed. Most of mine just happen to be words, though, and not fire. Um, that was not helpful, I'm sorry. I I don't know. I don't know if maybe you should train 2-0 to learn to keep maybe more of a distance, since it is unpredictable. Maybe just having him, you know, knowing that I need to be this far away at the beginning or something would help. He's a smart boy, but he will charge wherever you charge, so if he now knows, you know, some things have changed, and in order for him to stay safe, he has to be, you know, so-and-so feet, then he could do that. He is a smart boy. While you train your mind and body to get more control over this, I mean, you just got these powers, like what? I don't know. I don't, how long have you had these powers? Um... Well, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's hard. There's like not like one, okay, there kind of is one point, but like this stuff that we've done in the last like month or two, like back we met, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the first time any of this really like surfaced. And well, what I meant by keep it cool, I mean, you, you like coordinate with other people while you're angry and while you're fighting. I just, I just, I lose it in the fight is on. And, and then, like you said, these new powers, I just... In a way, I don't know my strength, and and then people suffer for it. I mean, I look over at Gunner, and I, his hair's shorter today. I'm pretty sure that was because of me. Pretty <laughs> sure I burned his hair. Don't tell him he's like got a bit of a, a patch in the back. He'll get I upset. Won't. He likes his hair. <laughs> um, I will laugh at it though. I mean, okay, Gunner's not a good example of how to keep a good head during battle because Gunner has a past that he has only sort of enlightened us on the way I'm able to do what I'm able to do is I've had extensive training most of my adolescence life Fiona. I don't think you've had that this is all basically brand new so training is going to have to be how you learn to handle it all you you train for this stuff this is like a thing that, that people train for it's this is, this I is nuts. grew up in a monastery, so yeah, we did training all the time. Mind, body, not that it reflects well most of the time when I'm out here. I do try, but I do lose my cool, which was has been a problem since it's been a problem. So yeah, but training, that I think maybe that's what we need to do more of as a group so that we can, you know, learn each other's specialties and weaknesses and maybe have Aegon not always participate so when we hurt each other he can heal us and it'll be okay kind of kind of like a like a fire team yes exactly like my team that goes to fight the fires we they call us the fire team and and we have one person who is kind of like a medic her, her name was Guy and then Apple she she was funny you'd like Apple so I think we'll cut away to Laszlo. He's sitting next to Aegon, and he's seeing Vez and Fio conversing about the combat last night. And he just looks over at Aegon and says, 
Now, have you ever thought of not being adventurous, Aegon? What do you mean, adventurous, Laszlo? I mean, have you ever thought about being a little... I'm going to use the S word. Have you ever thought about being a little selfish and just sticking here and not getting involved in other business? Of of course not, Laszlo. I'd like to go out and help where I can. Helping get you killed, Aegon. Investigating gets you killed. The best way to stay alive and happy is to not get involved in other people's business. Well, Laszlo, I won't say that I'm looking to get killed, but if that happens along the way whenever you're helping someone, I I don't necessarily think there's anything bad about that. He just kind of shrugs and says, well, I guess that depends on, well, depends on your personal beliefs, I guess. Yes, obviously you do everything you can for that not to be the outcome, but if it is, there's not much else you can do about that. Well, no, I'd argue against that, Aegon. There is plenty you can do to not die and not get injured. Perhaps. I guess I just don't, I just don't understand, Aegon. I appreciate you for who you are, but damn, I'm going to be really upset if you die. And I really think you need to be a little more careful. You and everyone else. Well, I'll do my best, Laszlo. And thank you for looking out for me. <laughs> and I think as, well, after Laszlo says, I think you all need to be a little more careful. From behind Laszlo, you, you hear Gunny go, Oh no, uh, he- heads up! And I think maybe Laszlo turns around <laughs> just in time to get hit in the face with an apple. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I've, Laszlo, you know I wasn't trying to hit you. I was trying to practice a trick. Okay. Okay. Let's see. If I, if I throw it in the air and then I do a front flip and then I kick it and then he, he, he kicks it, but it goes exactly at Laszlo's face again. Oh, okay, okay. Look, uh, I, 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 know, I, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. That one was intentional, but it wasn't. I, I, I swear it wasn't. Oh, I'm so sorry, Laszlo. So I think uh, then we fade back onto the road after you guys have broken camp. It's about noon, and your wagons rattling along. Gunner and Fio are both astride one horse, and Vez is on another and everybody else is sitting in the back of the wagon. Jasper is sitting up front with Master the Cat sitting next to him, and Jasper's kind of cracking the reins occasionally to make the mules go forward. And you guys crest a hill, and Laszlo points, and he says, See there? Look way in the distance. You can see that valley? That there, that is the valley where Alcina is. It's a big lake, beautiful scenery. Man... And he kind of settles down. Not going to lie. I think it's going to be really nice to see that again. You seem to really like the place, Laszlo. Oh, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's my home. It's, it's a beautiful place. You guys are going to like it there, especially the countryside. It's a lot of, it's a lot of forest, some farmland. But there's some wonderful vineyards. It's a big field where we hold our festivals. Some really good food from the marketplace. I'm talking some delicious food. Damn, I've missed it. Then he kind of shakes his head. 
Well, anyway, let's get going. Let's get let's get in there and let's get me hidden. Let's go. All right. Well, let, let, let's hide you up. And Gunner, Gunner jumps off of the horse into the cart and he looks for some kind of like tarp and he just kind of puts it over top of Laszlo. My guy, Gunner, get fuck off, Gunner. You already hurt my nose. Okay, fine. And your horse starts trotting off without you. No, no, wait a minute. Theo, slow down. Not too late. Can't hear you. Getting to town. So you guys uh, make your way down the road and you start to come across a very small village. It's kind of built off to the side of the road. But as you get closer and closer to this village, you start to realize that there is nobody wandering around outside. And then you trek closer and you see that there's also like no smoke rising from the village from like any pots or pans or anyone cooking. There's no sound except for the wildlife around you. But then even as you get closer to the village, you realize there is no birds, no animals, nothing. I thought we were just supposed to hide the Laszlo. Yeah, tell me about it. And you approach closer and closer. And yeah, this village is just empty. Laszlo, is this normal? Are there a lot of just abandoned villages on the way? No. And Laszlo's starting to stand up in the cart. No, there's something wrong. They're on holiday, don't worry. No, my people... These people don't just go on holiday. And he hops out of the wagon and he starts walking into the village. Oh dear. And she'll hop off her horse and lead it over to the wagon and have her staff out at the ready. Yeah, Gunner's gonna pull out both his swords and say, Well, there's one of two things that are going to happen. One, going to get attacked by a couple of random things. Or two, I'm going to cash in on some free stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and Laszlo shoots a look back at Gunner that says, do not grab free stuff. <laughs> Gunner looks very attacked. But I was kidding. I was kidding. Mostly. And uh, Fergus is like, um, uh, okay, I'll stay with the wagon then, I guess. Yes, please do that. And don't run in and try to be a hero, okay? Um, can, you, can you leave Tuo with me too? Oh, yeah, good idea. Tuo, protect him. He needs it. And Tuo lets out a happy bark and runs over and sits with Fergus. So real quick, now that Laszlo is joining your group, I will have one of you guys control Laszlo. Just just like we had AJ controlling Tuo since he was a sidekick. Now if anything happens, one of you guys can control Laszlo as a an NPC. Like I'll still do his voices and I'll still have him like interact with things, but when it comes to actions, bonus actions, whatever, you guys can basically control him. So who would like to take control of that? I think I can manage him. Okay, so so you guys make your way through the outer buildings of this small village. It's not very big. Like, it's probably got about 20 buildings total. Some of them are homes. Uh, some of them are... One of them is a small chapel. And there's also a rather large barn at the center, probably for, like, storing supplies. And there's the occasional tree, but it's relatively unforested. But it is also deathly silent. 
is not a single cricket, not a single bird. There's only the slight rustle of wind through the leaves and across the grass and some of the crops and some people's individual gardens. Do the crops look relatively well kept or are they like growing wild and half dead? They look really well kept. In fact, like you're trotting through and it almost looks like the village went about its normal business this morning. But then suddenly there's no one around at this moment. Oh man, this is reminding me of an old bard's tale about a couple of sentient buckets that go around and drown people. And Laszlo gives him a sharp sharp look and he draws his rapier and he kind of moves past Jasper after you have all caught up with him and he's he looks very serious. Shall we check the first house? Go for it. She'll knock on the door. There is no answer. Then she will attempt to open it. Okay, you open it and it is just a normal house. It looks like they had breakfast, cleaned their dishes. There's no dust. It's well kept. It's just been abandoned. Blood, anything like that? No blood, nothing. It looks like a normal house you'd expect to see. Okay, I don't see anything in this one to the next house. Yeah, I'll I'll open this one in the back of Gunner's mind. Yeah, because I want to get my turn out of the way. I I don't want to run in and open all these. Gunner will go to the front of the house to the northwest of him. With his party in tow, he's not hes not quite that brave. <laughs> he's not charging on alone. Yeah. So yeah, you look in this house, and again, you, you don't see anything special. It's as if the residence just disappeared. Gunner looks around for buckets. There are plenty of buckets, but they're just standard buckets. Okay. Gunner's pretty sure they're not sentient, so he's going to go back out. Yeah, no, nothing in there, so... Keep on keeping on, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll proceed to go through all the houses unless you tell us differently, Josh. Okay, yeah, you guys investigate another house. It's also empty. And you guys progress forward into the town square. And the first thing you see is very interesting. So as you step towards the center of this town, it's a little more than a crossroads with the paths. You see something very interesting first to your left you see a dead body leaning against a little bit of a nicer looking home not big just it's nicer made of better materials decorated obviously whoever lived there was leader of this town and there's a fresh body dressed in a breastplate with fine boots and fine gauntlets and an empty sword scabbard at their side and they're holding something else in their left hand you can't quite see what it is but whatever it is it is covered in blood as is the body just drenched in it and there are drops leading from this body to the other side of the square where you see another body stabbed all the way through with a pitchfork pinning it to the ground And this body, likewise, is dressed in very fine clothing and is just covered in blood. But as you get closer, Gunner, you can see that there is just a bloody, bloody mess 
on the back of their neck and down their back, just soaking them and the ground beneath them with blood. What the heck happened here? And Laszlo immediately starts pushing past Gunner, and he's walking towards the body against the far building, and you hear him under his breath. He says, no, Edgar, Edgar. And he starts moving towards the body. Grab him. Gunner will run up next to him. Hey, Lazra, I understand you're you're a bit worried, but, you know, we we need to stick together. I mean, we don't know what's going on. And he whirls on Gunner and he says, get back. And he shoves him a little bit. And then he looks past Gunner and he says, fuck. And he backs up and Gunner looks behind him. And down the street from where you guys are, past the body impaled on a pitchfork, you see a massive pile of bodies. Probably 20 to 30 bodies, most of the town's population, just laying in a big pile. And on top of this pile is the metallic tentacled form of a storm cloud. The, one of the automatons. It has its six eyes closed, so it's not shedding a spotlight and one of its tentacles is implanted in the ground. And you can see its other tentacles are slowly cutting into some of the bodies and pulling metallic strands out of them. And it has not acknowledged your presence. And Laszlo is just freaking out. He's looking at the thing. He's looking at Gunner. He's looking back at the body that he was running towards. And he just kind of slowly raises his rapier into a fighting stance, but doesn't really do much. He's just shaking really bad. Yeah, Gunner, pale as a ghost, turns to Theo and the rest of the group. Yeah, the rest of the group hasn't quite made it around the corner yet, so they aren't seeing what you're seeing. Guys, it's just as I feared. It's the jelly puss. And Gunner kind of shakes. His hand is shaking a little bit as he points with his short sword towards the storm cloud. And yeah, now that you're getting a good look at it, its armor is battered horribly it looks like it's been gashed open it's kind of twitching occasionally as it works and you see a long sword is plunged through its main body and it is occasionally dripping this blue glowing fluid whatever it is it was severely damaged I think Phil will move towards the direction he pointed and just hide behind the corner of the wall to that street and just peek around to get the same eye on it as he did. Just kind of see what's going on. It's just slowly going about its labor. Okay, he'll, he'll look back to the rest of the group and like just kind of give him the eye. Like He, he clutches the axe like, or like, and then like pushes the other way, this way or that way, to say to attack or to stay still, waiting for the cue. We need to kill it. I think Aegon steps forward and looks over there, and he, he nods his head towards Theo. As in, like, acknowledgement, yes? Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. Wait, Gunner starts to panic as he realizes what's going on. He says very softly, Wait a minute. We need to coordinate what we're going to do. We have to be very strategic about this. Can you shoot it? It looks damaged. I mean, I can shoot it. I can also just run up and stab it. I, I, I don't know. Jasper and I can go this way, and she mentions going in between the houses. 
to basically go around the other side so it can't escape before they go and attack it. Don't they have tremor sense? Well, it's not moving yet, so might as well take advantage of that. (laughs) Nate does have a good point, though. It it is definitely aware of all of you, but has not perceived you as a threat. Exactly, so take advantage of that. (laughs) Well, I'll go by myself. And she starts walking that way to go in between (laughs) the houses to get on the other side of it. So are you guys going to move... Down a down a short street and around an animal pen to get yeah. yourselves within view. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. While you're doing this, it's still kind of going about its business. I think the rest of us are gonna wait on on the other two since they're they can do range stuff and release Jess can get range stuff, but Theo's waiting till somebody throws or, or does something to then act. That's what he's doing. Well, if it doesn't do anything until they get to the other side, I mean she'll go all the way down unless there's something that prevents her from doing so. I don't know where Jasper wants to stay. And she's going to kind of slowly, with her staff out, make her way towards it across the back of the animal pen, waiting, seeing if it'll do anything, looking at the boys. (laughs) As you guys move around, it starts to slow what it's doing until its tendrils just kind of pause like it's waiting. Oh, boy. And there's also a small shower of sparks from it. Like I said, this thing is severely damaged. I think Theo starts to get this weird itching in the back of his head, and he starts getting some weird garbled whispers. It's it's not like when the storm cloud talked to you under the streets of Brimpton, the one that gave you like a clear message and voice. This is just kind of like a weird garbling yeah I think Gunner is going to nod to Aegon and kind of nudge Laszlo looks over at Fio and he says I think if I'm ready quick I can make the first move okay Gunner is going to just step forward as like crawl forward five feet not literally crawl but like barely move forward by five feet and I think Gunner is going to, he's going to shift first and then he's going to take a stance with the short swords and then he is just going to run right at it. Okay, so that's going to take an initiative roll. Oh, man. Everyone roll initiative. Man, Gunner has not failed me in a while on these initiative rolls. That's a, I think that's my second 25. Uh, Dan, you want to roll for Laszlo really quick? Got it. All right, Gunner, you do get to go first. You rolled really, really high. Yeah. Yeah. So Gunner, from from where he's at, he's already shifted, and he, him being as fast as he is, getting the little bonus speed. Gunner, Gunner can close the gap with all of his speed, and he is going to swing with both swords. Okay, and as you run forward, the thing rises into the air and it splays its tentacles and blasts you with the full might of its spotlight eyes. So it's like it's like rising into the air, tentacles are spreading out. It's terrifying. <laughs> Gunner hates it, but he's like, I gotta kill it. <laughs> I'm committed. <laughs> I'm already running. Ah, first attack is going to be a 16. That will not hit. 
Okay. So it just dodges out of the way of your first blade. Comes around with the offhand. That is a 22. That will hit. Okay, so he does that, and he's also going to add a blade flourish. So in this case, he is going to do a defensive flourish. Basically, I would do a little bit of bonus damage, which is a D6, and the bonus damage that I get from that will be my bonus to AC. Okay, nice. Which could have been better. So that is going to be seven damage, and I'm going to get a plus two to AC until the start of my next turn. Okay, and you managed to slice off a couple of its tentacles because it's the next time it dodges, it kind of shudders and lets out a spray of sparks and it pauses long enough for you to slash into it. One more good hit is all it's going to take to take this thing out. Vez? She, also being very fast, will close the distance, flanking it. She is going to take her staff and attempt a two-handed strike. All right, go for it. Yay, that will be a 24 to hit. (laughs) That will hit as well. And that'll do six damage with that. Okay, you're able to punch through an opening you see in the shell. It looks like it was ripped open by some farming instruments. And you just punch in, grab a hold of something, and pull it out. And the thing just shudders, convulses, and falls to the ground with a thud. Well, more of a wet squish because it falls in the bot- the pile of bodies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. But Gunnar winces at that because that's gross. But you guys take it out. Yeah! Alpha Strike Team 6, we got this! <laughs> and Laszlo immediately runs over to the dead body, clad in armor, resting against the house. I think Gunner is going to take off and search around the house to the north of him, just to make sure there's nothing else lurking around. Okay, so yeah, to the north is the large barn. And you look around it, and you don't see anything interesting outside but you peek inside and it looks like there was a fire at some point like a localized fire not like through the whole building but kind of like off to the side and you get closer and you see there's some burnt beams some burnt uh, supplies but it looks like it was taken care of like people put it out before it got too big like someone might have exploded well, Vez is near the pile of bodies, and you see the storm cloud looks like it's sliced into maybe four of the bodies in the pile. And there's one it hasn't gotten into yet, but this one did explode from the inside out. So one of the bodies in this pile had exploded. So the ones that it was getting into, they had the metal framework already inside of them. But they did not explode. But they did not explode. It's as if they died normally. So some of these people died a normal death, I think. They didn't explode, but they had the framework to do so. Well, we definitely know where Smills, or whoever he was working with, was. She kind of looks over at Laszlo, who's looking at the bodies, and makes eye contact with Theo and, and Aegon to and like kind of nods well, yeah. for one of them or both of them to like go to him. <laughs> yeah. Aegon was already on his way over once the fight ended. Uh, he kind of puts his hand on Laszlo's shoulder and asks, Is it someone you knew, Laszlo? 
yes, this was, uh, this was Edgar. Good friend of mine. His family ruled over this, this area. This, uh, village, to be precise. It's more of a, more of a knight than anything. He was a good man. And you see he's, uh, he's taken the signet ring off of the corpse's finger and he's looking at it. Looks like he took over for Andreas anyway. Didn't know his father had died. What happened here, Hagan? Well, Laszlo, it seems like the same evil forces that we were working against in Brimpton have found their way here as well. What's he got in his hand? And he's looking down at the other hand of the corpse, kind of moves it, and then he recoils violently, like, oh my god! And Aegon and Theo see the corpse is holding something really disgusting. It looks like one of those house centipedes, you know, with the really long legs that are splayed out everywhere. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I love those. Yeah, I know. You You love to catch them. It looks like that, but it is made of this silvery metal and instead of legs they're just all these like tendrils like these tentacle like growths spread out from it and a lot of them are broken they're leaking this like black fluid or they had leaked this black fluid they're not leaking anymore and it looks like it it's also covered in blood just like thick blood but obviously not this guy's blood because his like arm is completely clean. How had he been holding it? Was it like it was dear to him or? No, like it was just in his hand. Oh, like okay. he had brought it from somewhere else and then died from his own wounds against this wall. Okay. I think it, at that, a guy in the last class. Do you not recognize that? What? What is it? I, I don't. Mm. You, you guys. Oh, my God. When you killed Smills, you said he bled this black liquid. Yeah, it was it was all over the place. And you said when he turned into his monstrous form, these tendrils burst from the back of his neck, right? Uh, yeah, and then he, like, climbed the wall and crap. So what if... And he looks over, and you see he's looking at the body with the bloody mass torn out of the back of its neck. What if that... What if that thing was like Smills? Oh, oh, crap. Theo, go look at it. <laughs> yeah, Theo, go look at it. <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll, right away, he'll, he'll go towards it with his axe and just kind of, um, he won't, like, try to disturb it, but he'll go look at it and, and see if it's, see what's up with that, see if there's any indications of... Okay. So, yeah, the body that had been speared through with the bloody mass torn out of the back of its neck... You get close to it and you see the veins have all turned black and the body has not been touched by anything. It's almost preserved, like it hasn't been bloating, hasn't been anything. It looks like it could almost live and breathe right now. But this pitchfork was stabbed so hard it was pushed all the way through it. And then this thing that Laszlo found was ripped out of the back of its neck. Wow. Uh, yeah, Theo will go back to, to Lazlo and say, I I think that's what happened. I think he ripped that out of this guy's neck. And and I think that's I think that's what's in in Smilt's. We gotta like destroy that or something. We can't let that like get in anybody's hands. And Lazlo just looks up at but you. Do you wanna use your axe then? Well yeah, I mean He grabs his friend's arm and 
moves it out of the way. All right, and he gives it a heave ho. Tries to make sure it's it's like cutting cut down the center line. Yeah, there's just a weird metallic crunch, and yeah, cool. He feels happy about this victory. He, he's happy against this this little battle he had. He's he's happy with this. He he takes his trophies <laughs> and and he'll present them to Jasper and, and Aegon and everybody once they all get back around. Yeah, you guys see, he, he just comes to you with this foot-long metallic centipede with tentacles. Yeah, I think this is about the time Gunner's like done jogging around the barn, and uh, his, his shifting form is starting to come down a little bit. He's like, oh man, that, that was quite the way. Oh my god, what is that? It's oh. dead, don't worry, I killed it. He like looks like he's about ready to faint, but he's he's like, oh, oh god, that's a big bug. Nasty. Yeah, Laszlo spotted it. We think it came from that guy, and he points to the guy with the, the pitchfork and says, "It looks, it looks like the one with Smills, right? I mean, with the tentacles and like the the veins in the neck and stuff. Check it out." Wait a minute. Is Smills a centipede? N- no, Gunner. I'm pretty sure that thing is what keeps Smills alive. Yeah. Yeah, look at the body. It's it's like like nothing happened to it after all this stuff happened. It's it's I mean, you know, it, it looks like it just died or if it's I mean it looks like it honestly if it didn't have a pitchfork in there, I'd think he's alive. Yeah. Why don't you go poke it, Fio? See if he is still alive. No no, it's it's cool. I, he's he, no, it's fine. It is definitely still no longer living. It has departed this mortal plane. Fio <laughs> still doesn't want to touch it. He, he's, he's skittish now. He's turning into Gunner. Do we want to cremate them so that they can fully rest without us worrying about them coming back? I I think we should check out the place first. If there's any more of those those jelly pusses. Okay, so check it out, and then we'll have Aegon do some rites, maybe, or. She kind of looks at Laszlo. She's trying to be like as sensitive to him and the whole situation, but also like make sure none of these people like come back to literally like try to kill them. And Laszlo says, "Yeah, you burn the bodies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bury my friend." Okay, Aegon, can you? Of course, so perform last rites for them all. And so is is Fio gonna start investigating then? Yeah, I think he'll maybe try to grab Gunner and Jasper if he can and, and start investigating the leftover houses just very slowly. Okay. Try not to, you know, be too brash, but like with an eyesight of other people. Okay, yeah, so you go into another house. Um, you find one that looks like the one of the walls had been caved in. And you peek inside and you see there is the destroyed body of another storm cloud. Okay. Oh, man. They put up a good fight. It looks like there was a full-on revolt against whatever was here. Man, that's wild. Yeah, I think Gunnar looks kind of sad. He says, man, they really did their best, didn't they? But sometimes you don't always come out on top, you know? Pretty close this time, though. Pretty close. He'll just try to secure the room and everything, and then he'll go outside. Is there any other building we haven't looked at yet? No, you get you guys investigate all the buildings in the village, and the rest of them are still just empty. Okay, cool. I'll go back and help everybody else with with preparations things. I think Fio actually go back first to tell Fergus what's going on, and tell him that everything's okay now. Okay. So yeah, you guys gather up the bodies, 
and they're all already pretty well gathered up, but you uh, light a funeral pyre for them. Laszlo buries his friend under the under some dirt, and he piles some stones on him. And Aegon says some last rites and some prayers. And then as you're leaving to get back in the wagon, uh, Laszlo looks at Aegon and he says, Hey, Aegon? Yes, Laszlo. Remember what I told you earlier about staying out of trouble? I do. Ignore that. I will. And he climbs into the wagon and says, Let's get going. Let's make this guy pay. hope you enjoyed this episode if you did share it and our other episodes with your friends family and co-workers your boss if you're daring visit our website to find your copy of a DD quick starter guide and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description there we discuss episodes dungeons and dragons and stem topics that we all love thanks again for listening we can't wait to see you here at applied dungeoneering Some of the background music in this episode is from Monument Studios. Check out their other music at monumentstudios.net. The song Ghost Town is from Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0. creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash nd slash 4.0.